The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about (laughs) what um, you've probably been hearing a lot about, but you know you can always count on me to hear to hear the hear things from uh, the truth, from you know no holes barred, a no holes barred perspective, and um, that's what you're going to be getting today when we talk about Anthony Weiner's Weiner. Now I know you're probably tired of hearing that that uh, pun, um, and we talking about Anthony Weiner's Weiner is exactly what he wants us to be doing. But today we're going to be looking at not just the the facts such as they are known at the time, but why he did it, why politicians, not just Anthony Weiner, but so many male politicians can't keep their phallic symbols in their pants, and um, and and look at some of the psychological reasons why he um, has come why things are the way they are at this time, you know, whether it's self-sabotage or did he want to get caught? Um, what does this really mean? Why do people do these kinds of things? What kind of um, outcome is there going to be results down the road, such as when they divorce and all of it? We're going to, you know, <laughs> we're not going to be politically correct, as you know. I never am. So let's um, start with... When I first heard the news about uh, the sexting scandal, that's what we're talking about here, his latest sexting scandal, um, and the subsequent decision by his wife to uh, separate, um, well, as soon as I heard about that, read about that, I tweeted, house husbands like Wiener cheat because wives like Huma Abedin emasculate them. Still no excuse for sexting near son. So we'll, we'll talk more about this, this whole concept. You know, everybody's, um, so far what I've been coming across in the media, um, everybody has been feeling so sorry for his wife when, um, and yes, he's the one who's sexted. He's the one who's cheated. You know, we don't know of her doing that, although she certainly has had a 20-year close relationship, in single quotes, with Hillary. But we'll put that aside for right now. Um, but still, uh, you know, yes, he did. I mean, it came out in the press. Uh, he did a bad thing, and everybody is sympathetic to her. But, you know, there are reasons why. I mean, what I said, house husbands 
um, like wiener cheat because wives like Huma Abedin emasculate them. It is, it's not just, um, it's not just his psychodynamics, his inner psyche, his childhood and adult experiences that caused him to be like this. Of course it is. I mean, everything that we, that happens to us as children or traumas that occur to us as adults as well form who we are, what our psychological behavior is. So, of course, it's him primarily who, um, uh, his psyche that caused him to engage in this repeated compulsive sexting. But, you know, really, um, when a woman leaves her husband and goes on these traipsing around the world um, for months on end, years on end, um, you know, she does need to take a little bit of responsibility as well. Uh, for how much is she fulfilling her wifely duties? Perhaps if she was more available to him sexually, he wouldn't need to do this. Well, we'll get to that. So let's talk in general about his latest sexting scandal, what we know. Um, the, uh, this was at least the third public episode uh, involving... Anthony Weiner sexting. I mean, of course, there probably <laughs> there probably were more um, that we don't know about, of course. But um, but this is the third scandal to erupt. Uh, he it's the first one was when he resigned from Congress in 2011 after uh, it sh- it came out that he had been sending lewd messages and photos to women online, and then that kind of um, put destroyed, in a sense, his political career. He it derailed a comeback attempt in 2013 as being mayor. And, but anyway, in regard to this current sexting incident, uh, it, it seems that, you know, the, the, um, this came out in the New York Post, this report about his sexting. Uh, came out in the New York Post, and apparently they're, they're, so far they haven't been revealing who the woman is, although there are pictures of her. We have seen, um, you know, it's so interesting. Well, first of all, many of you, as many of you know, um, I am the author of two books that address these topics in great detail. One, The first one was Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And uh, Anthony Weiner would be a both a compulsive flirt and a Mr. Power Mad. Uh, those are, he would fit those profiles. I described 12 different types of bad boys, and he would fit those profiles. And then my more recent book was Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And I will talk to you about how uh, Huma Abedin fits the, a bad girl profile as well. You know, it, it's... Um, She's not the little innocent one here, although she did not sext to to the best of our knowledge. Um, okay, so the the New York Post is keeping the the is not naming the woman who he sexted with uh, in this latest incident. She told the Post that their online chat started in January 2015 and that they continued through. This month. So, in other words, they've been chatting <laughs> and sending uh, sex, sexting uh, for about a year and a half. So, it's kind of interesting that the woman, presumably just recently, um, told the Post about this, provided the, uh, the photos to the Post. 
And, of course, it, the woman um, who was clad in various bikinis and sexy underwear, you know, she sent him these photos as well, sexy photos. It wasn't just him sending pictures of his um, organ, male organ, that he likes to boast about. But uh, And there were pictures of him half-dressed, showing off his abs or his crotch, uh, they would talk about sex in their exchanges, but this woman was encouraging it. Now, as it turns out, this woman is uh, admittedly a Trump supporter, and um, needless to say, you know, she may well have waited to this very moment to um, to provide these these photos and these emails or these texts, texts, <laughs> texts and texts to the post to the to the media. And uh, it's interesting because I wonder if, you know, in in this past month, Hillary has, has gained some, although in my mind I think that's going to be just temporary because, because more things are going to be coming out about her. But in any case, uh, it may well have been that this woman wasn't planning on releasing these to the media except for when she saw that Trump might be in trouble. Um, you know, in the polls, maybe she, um, I don't know, to say sacrificed herself um, would be perhaps too much because I don't think she minds having her very sexy body um, being um, being printed in various newspapers and on the Internet. You know, it's interesting. These women, I mean, obviously, women who are willing to sext, um, I talk about how, how, for the most part, for, for teen girls, it has to do with their fathers, you know, their parents typically being divorced, and they're not getting enough attention from their fathers, and so they sext to get attention from boys, uh, from, you know, some male figure. Now, she is not a teenager, but, um, and in fact, she has a boyfriend who apparently travels a lot. He's on the road a lot, and I think I read he was only home 10 uh, they lived together, and he was only home 10 days a month, something like that. So she was lonely. <laughs> but, um, you know, so these women who sexed in their, in their underwear um, are not exactly innocent either. I mean, come on, we can't blame this all on Anthony Weiner. You know, he, yes, he did his part, but, but we have to look at the women as well. Um, so anyhow, so it's interesting that she uh, provided this, these, um, images and sex, you know, the, the, the text and the uh, photos to the New York Post at this particular time when perhaps she felt that Trump could use some help. So um, in, in, in one of their messages, um, she, he, he was talking about uh, massage parlors that um, were near where he used to live which is kind of interesting in itself. Obviously, he knows you know he's been doing other things while Huma has been traipsing the world with Hillary. Um, anyhow, he wrote, "Someone just climbed into my bed," and the woman wrote, "Really?" And he wrote in this uh, screenshot that the woman would have sent the post. It was dated July thirty first, twenty fifteen, and it showed a child curled up next to Mr. Weiner, who was. And he was wearing, Mr. Weiner was wearing white shorts. They have a son, Jordan, who's currently five. Um, so, you know, that made it, the fact that he did this next to his child was not cool. Um, who is this other woman? 
she, um, he, well, even uh, Anthony Weiner admitted that he and the woman had been friends for some time. I mean, I guess he figured she, she had shown uh, the newspaper the various texts and sexts and all that, and so they dated back for a year and a half. He might as well admit it. Um, he said, she has asked me not to comment except to say that our conversations were private, often included pictures of her nieces and nephews and my son, and were always appropriate. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can tell by the photos, they were always appropriate. It kind of is very, um, it's a very creepy feeling to think that in, amidst their sexy pictures um, were photos of nieces and nephews and his son. Yuck. Um, Okay, so why is this important? Well, he resigned from Congress in 2011 after the first sexting episode. He denied having an, a sex addiction. Then in 2013, when he tried to uh, run for mayor of New York, um, that, that got messed up because it was revealed that he had again been exchanging messages online with, with at least three more women but then he thought, I can't believe this, for a smart guy, he, he thought he was trying not to get caught, of course. Well, at that time, he was, well, actually, one could question that because he used a, a pen name, Carlos Danger. Carlos Danger. How tacky is that? That's like from, <laughs> that's like from some bad um, porn uh, novel or something, Carlos Danger. That's kind of how he wants to think of himself as Carlos Danger. Well, we need to take a break right now, but when we come back, we will talk more about Anthony Weiner, his sexting, his doomed political career, Huma Abedin, why guys, why especially politicians do all this and more. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today 
about Anthony Weiner sexting politicians and why they can't keep it in their pants. Um, Mr. Weiner, uh, although his, he may no longer harbor illusions <laughs> of um, still having some kind of political career, um, he's lost a lot more with this third incident of sexting that's just been revealed. For example, the Daily News is no longer going to carry his columns uh, which in, included his writings on New York City politics. Um, he, the, he, he used to be on a show called Inside City Hall on New York One, the television station, and he was put on indefinite leave uh, from this position. And what may well be the worst part for him, um, the, uh, because of the involvement of the child, because at least one of his sects, the one that seems to be getting the most attention, um, involves him sexting with this woman with his son uh, laying next to him in bed, he is likely to be uh, investigated by New York City's Administration for Children's Services. And they have said in a statement that because of confidentiality, they wouldn't comment on the possibility that it may begin an inquiry. But, you know, even whether or not they do, and I, I you know, I mean, other than, other than this, I think he is probably really a good dad, a house husband. He's the one home, for God's sakes, taking care of his son while his wife, again, is traipsing around the world with Hillary. Now, I'm not saying, you know, certainly he's a psychiatrist who wears lots of hats, other hats as well. Um, you know, I work my butt off. Um, I am not going to say anything, there's anything wrong about women working their butt off and having a career and so on. But if you have a husband, you have got to take care of him as well. You have got to fulfill your... You have to be a good wife and a good mother. It's not even just about, you know, having sex with her husband. But it's about, which I know, oh, I could just hear the feminists screaming, what? Wifely duties? What are you talking about? Oh, God, this isn't the 1950s. Yeah, well, too bad. That's why everybody's going crazy and kids are getting scarred by divorces and everything else. But anyway, um, uh, you know, how good of a mother is she when she's not there? So, um, so, but, so here, but the problem is, that, okay, so now she announced a separation after these latest, this third incident of, uh, of sex, and it's, it's just one, the third scandal of sexting, but it's lots of sex, you know, lots of individual sex with various women, this last one for approximately a year and a half. So, um, so okay, they're separated. Um, it is likely that it is going to eventually wind up in divorce court. And um, how do you think it's going to look for him when she and her high-priced lawyers bring up the fact that he was sexting in bed next to his son? And the, the uh, evidence is right there. There's the picture. I mean, they blurred out the face of his son in the newspaper. But, I mean, there's the evidence um, that he was doing it right next to his son. Now, you know, you have to, when you, in, a, in custody hearings, you have to think of what is in the best interest of the child. And, you know, is it in the, I mean, yes, that was a very um, uh, poor judgment. Um, but at the same time, at least he has been home taking care of his son. 
All right. Well, let's go on to the next <laughs> to the next part of it. I mean, there's so many different angles to this. Um, I wonder one of the angles that I have not read about or heard about anywhere is, um, you know, there has been a mention of whether he was doing this, whether he wanted to get caught, because you know, I mean, it is pretty stupid. <laughs> Um, especially when he presumably at some point found out that this particular woman uh, was on Trump's side, was not a friend, you know, was not a Democrat. Um, and yet uh, he didn't seem, it didn't seem to register to him that she would uh, expose him even more than he exposed himself. Um, and so, and, and doing it time and time again um, also, you know, after he had been caught in the past, it, it's very poor judgment. So the question is, um, now what I haven't heard talked about, though, is if he, if he wanted to get caught, why would this be? Well, I, I dug up some interesting facts about him. Um, he was a middle son. You know, the, the, the key to understanding him psychologically is why does he need everybody in the world to look at his... Um, Genitals. Um, <laughs> as I struggle to find words for penis, genitals, <laughs> male organ, phallic symbol, all of that, you get the picture. Um, yes, he made sure we all got the picture. Um, okay, so why, did, why is it so important? Now, one thing, actually, if you think about it, when he was a kid in school in Brooklyn, he was born in Brooklyn, he grew up in Brooklyn, His, he was the middle son of um, parents. His father was a lawyer. His mother was a public high school math teacher. He lived in a middle-class neighborhood, Park Slope. It's really kind of an upper middle-class neighborhood. Um, now, his older brother, he had, there were two brothers. He was the middle brother and the middle son. And uh, his older brother was killed at age 39 by a hit-and-run driver in 2000 which is rather interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it's sad. And, um, but if you look at that in terms of where he was, he was um, from 1999 to, to 2011 when he resigned because of the first sexting incident, he was New York's ninth congressional district congressman. And he was a Democrat, of course, he still is. And he had won seven terms to, as, to be a congressman. He never received less than 59% of the vote. He was very popular. And if you, if you watch, there's been a documentary called Wiener, and if you, uh, which you know, has a lot of unflattering things, but, but some of the things, I mean, it really shows how passionate he was about what he was doing, and his record does too. He, it's, that's one of the sad things, that um, he was really a good politician in terms of really caring about the people of New York, really getting some good things done, and it's really sad that his psychological problems undid him. Um, he ran for mayor of New York in 2005 and 2013. He lost, obviously, each time. Um, but anyhow, so, so this, his brother died in 2000, so, um, so that was while he was still, that was kind of in the middle of when he was a, a congressman. And so, you know, obviously that would have had a traumatic, would have been traumatic for him, even though he was an adult. And um, he, you know, did it, make, does it, did it have the impact of making him feel guilty 
that he was continuing to succeed in politics and in his life, um, and his brother had been tragically killed. Is that why he's sabotaging himself, out of guilt for that? Is he sabotaging himself because, out of guilt because he married uh, a Muslim? Um, Huma Abedin is Muslim, um, and she is from Indian and Pakistani origin. And, neither, and, and um, Wiener, Anthony Weiner is Jewish. And as, since I'm from New York, and I'm born and raised in New York, I, typical New York parents, I don't know his parents, but um, typically his, his parents or his grandparents or other people in his family, at least there would have been some of them who would have been less than thrilled that their little Jewish boy, um, lawyer, is marrying a Muslim. So, did he feel guilt? Does he feel guilt because he married a Muslim? Um, is he trying to get out of the marriage by doing these horrendous things that would make her separate from him and divorce him? I think all of that is likely. Um, you know, he, he definitely is sabotaging himself when he had this incredibly, incredibly promising career. He was, at 27, he was the youngest councilman on the New York City Council in the city's history at that time. I mean, he, then he became a congressman. I mean, he was just going up and up in the Democratic Party. He, he had a very incredibly promising career, and he screwed it up. And um, so, oh, I was starting to say, when he was in school as a little boy, can you imagine a little boy in a New York school or in, in, in many schools, but, you know, particularly in New York City, I, I can see this, um, you know, how, how the kids would tease him for having the name Wiener. I mean, kind of like I said at the beginning. I mean, it's such a, it's a too facile a joke, you know, but you can't kind of resist. Um, how, many, how much teasing did he get as a boy about his Wiener? Um, and how much did he, you know, did, did kids say, oh, you don't have a wiener, or um, let's see your wiener, or, you know, all of that. Again, not that that excuses him from doing what he did, but I'm just giving a, a psychological history of what has brought him to this point. Another reason why men um, are become um, sexually promiscuous or uh, exhibitionists are because it's a combination of, of, you know, feeling insecure about their um, sex organ at, at the same time that they're flaunting it. Now, you know, we have seen photos, <laughs> uh, albeit in pants or underwear or whatever, and yes, um, and typically when his uh, penis is uh, excited, and yes, it does look rather large, um, and he boasts about that, but when he was a little boy, you know, we don't know what his father's penis looks like, nor his older brothers, nor his younger brothers. He has a younger brother who's a chef and a co-owner of several New York restaurants. So, you know, com uh, what little boys do <coughs> when they're growing up is compare themselves to the other males in their household. And certainly when he was five years old or, you know, a little boy, and he compared himself to his father. I, I, you know, undoubtedly his father's penis was bigger than his at that time. And so a lot of times, I mean, it has to do with castration anxiety. Was he afraid that, um, you know, and, and the Oedipal complex, like when a little boy is uh, between 
about three and seven, um, he wants to marry his mother and he wants to kill his father, like the Oedipal, Oedipus myth. Um, so did, did he have, what was, you know, was there something traumatic going on at that time? And did he want to, um, was he afraid that his father was going to castrate him? I mean, this is all metaphorical, of course. Um, and so even though he is, let's say, by objective standards, that he has a large penis, really growing up, and that's what's important, those are the early, um, earliest messages, uh, did he feel in, in, inadequate as a man? and therefore want to become a politician, want to show how powerful he is, because that's what politicians are all about. And the penis is a phallic symbol. It's a symbol of power. Well, we'll get back to this when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman where I am psychoanalyzing Anthony Weiner, who uh, is just experiencing his third most recent uh, sexting scandal, uh, talking about why he may be unconsciously sabotaging himself by, um, by first of all, picking the wrong women to sext with, and, um, and also, um, uh, you know, making it really not, thinking that he's safe, I mean, doing things like calling himself Carlos Danger, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so obviously he is being driven by, by um, unfortunate psychological traumas and experiences of his past. Um, and yes, this does seem to be like a compulsion, at least, if not an addiction. Um, he... He, I started to, before the break. I started mentioning about politicians having problems keeping their genitals in their pants, um, 
and I started explaining why. It's because politicians are driven by things that have happened in their childhood, notably comparing themselves to their father as little boys. And, of course, the fathers seem much more powerful, um, perhaps intimidating. Certainly they have bigger penises than the little boy does as a little boy. Um, and so some men grow up needing to prove that they have uh, enough power, more power, that they're not inadequate, that they have more power than their father. And so the way that they show this, um, you know, before sexting came about, it was just, just by having affairs. So, for example, we have people like JFK and Clinton and Elliot Spitzer and Schwarzenegger. Now, Anthony Weiner is just the latest um, in, this, in this long line. I, I only mentioned some examples. There was more than that. But um, he is a high-tech um, politician, you know, his, now it's high tech. Now we can, he can sext, whereas the other previous politicians um, were acting out these things in real life. Not that, I mean, I have no way to know that Anthony Weiner wasn't acting it out in real life as well. I mean, he talked about massage parlors, so I don't know. But in any case, we do know that he's been sexting. So it, it all comes, to, it, it comes from the same unconscious motivation to prove, I mean, why, why does someone want to be a politician? Yes, of course, one would hope. It's because they want to do good for society and, um, and you know, help people and right injustices and all of that. And Anthony Weiner did really have those passions, which is what makes this so sad. I mean, if he would have gone to a psychiatrist, and apparently he says that after his first sexting scandal in 2011 that he did get therapy. Now, I don't know with whom, and I don't know, obviously, they weren't very good, or we wouldn't be talking about this today with his third sexting scandal. I mean, maybe he quit therapy, maybe he didn't go long enough, I don't know. But certainly he is not cured, I can tell you that. That's pretty obvious. So um, so since politicians are driven not only by their desire to help society, but also by trying to prove, they feel they need to prove to the world and to themselves that they are powerful after all, that they're not going to be intimidated by their more powerful father. Again, um, Anthony Weiner's father was a lawyer, a Brooklyn lawyer. Presumably he was pretty... uh, strong, you know, besides whatever the size of his penis, which was, again, bigger than a five-year-old, um, he, he must have been, I would, I'm assuming that he was a pretty uh, powerful or pretty strong figure as an attorney. I mean, he wasn't, um, what, um, I don't know, some kind of a career, uh, he wasn't, I, he wasn't just a, a poet. Not that there's anything wrong with poets. Poets are beautiful and creative and all that, but I mean he was a very aggressive, there we go, um, because he was a lawyer. He was at least, we, we should, one would hope, <laughs> he was aggressive. Um, so so it's, it's all of that. It's, it's, you know, this needing to prove that they are powerful because of really an inadequacy that they felt as little boys. Um, now... You know, I, I, t- I talked before about house husbands. Um, women, hey, all you women who are listening, there is something to be, uh, there's a real lesson here for you, um, even if you're not married to a politician. Um, the lesson is 
that you cannot expect a man, even in this modern day and age, you know, when we're all supposed to be uh, equal and, and uh, you know, men and women and, and, you know, all of that, we're, we're modern, <laughs> um, women are supposed to pay for dates, no, <laughs> uh, wrong, um, but anyway, um, you know, you, if, you, if you have, I know there are certain, I understand, especially in this economy that, you know, it's been a bad economy for many years now since at least 2008. So some families have had to, when the wife has been able to get a job and the husband isn't able to get a job, it kind of necessitates or seems to necessitate that the husband become a house husband and the wife work. Well, let me tell you, ladies, um, you need to do everything you can to try to not have that happen because house husbands are, feel by the very that very position, are emasculated. No man wants to be a woman. Well, <laughs> I take that back, but you, other than transsexuals or transvestites or, you know, God, to be politically, you have to, to, you have to worry about being politically correct with everything these days. But you know what? Most men, there we go, most men do not want to be women, and they do not want to be um, housewives. And if you put your man in a house husband role, um, he is going to feel emasculated. He is not going to be comfortable, and he is going to try to prove that he is not a wimp by having affairs or sexting or watching porn or doing other kinds of inappropriate sexual behavior to prove, to get, to get validation from other women that, in fact, he is a man and he's a sexy man. I talk about that in my bad girls book because I talk about how women um, let their husbands or boyfriends be vulnerable to bad girls, ripe for the plucking, <laughs> um, if they don't pay attention to them and if they don't keep dressing and acting sexy and interesting and so on. And this is kind of the same thing. Now, there's also a phenomenon that you may have heard of where um, women who win Best Actress, a Best Actress Oscar often find that their men, their husbands, their boyfriends, wind up cheating in the next year or so. We have seen this with lots of women who have won Best Actress Oscars. For example, Sandra Bullock. It turned out that uh, right after she won the Oscar, her um, I think it was her husband at that point, that he uh, it became... Um, she realized it, it was revealed that he was, had been cheating on her. Halle Berry had the same thing. There was a whole long line of women actresses who, after they won Best Actress, they, their husbands cheated. Why? It's the same phenomenon, because the husbands feel emasculated. They're, they feel they're afraid of being abandoned. They feel that now that the woman is, has such a high position, and the same thing with Huma Abedin. She's go, traipsing around. I keep saying that is because I'm underlining it. Traipsing around the world. She, she was when um, Hillary was Secretary of State, and now traipsing around the country. Uh, she has, she's like you know, one of the top advisors to Hillary. She's been with Hillary for 20 years. So, you know, and, and now, and what's Anthony Weiner? He's a former congressman who is out of a job. <clears throat> so how do you think this makes him feel? It makes him feel like he needs to prove, keep proving, 
it made him feel that way to begin with, you know, when he became a politician, but it needs, it makes him feel like he has to prove that he is powerful, that women are attracted to him, and that he has a big penis, which he sends insects all over the place. Um, all right, let's, let's talk a little more about, uh, some of these, some of the actual um, sexting scandals. So there, there have been three that, again that we that have come to light that we know about. Um, May twenty seventh, two thousand and eleven, he sent a link of a sexually explicit photograph of himself via his public Twitter account. Now this is part of his problem too. <laughs> again, um, perhaps it relates to his unconsciously sabotaging himself because of his guilt, but. Um, but, you know, he doesn't seem to know, and I can totally relate to this, he doesn't seem to know the difference between a public Twitter account and messaging on Twitter. And I will admit, <laughs> this is very confusing, you know. In social media, you are never qu- I am never quite sure what, who can see what. And I think they do that on purpose. So, but, but you would think, if you're sexting, that you would find out <laughs> what exactly, you, what little buttons you need to push, what you need to click on um, to sext uh, if you don't want the whole world to see it, except again, this is his ambivalence, you know, whether he wanted the whole world to see it or not. Anyway, he sexted via his public Twitter account to a woman who was following him on Twitter, and when that was, um, when that came out... Uh, he first he had for several days he denied that he had posted the image. He tried to say that his uh, account Twitter account was hacked, and then when that fell apart, when he couldn't keep denying that, um, he had a press conference in which he admitted that he had quote exchanged messages and photos of an explicit nature with about six women over the last three years. I mean, this is a guy who's been... Now, this is in 2011. He's been doing it for three years. So, that would be approximately 2008. He got married in 2010. Um, So, this is a long... This has been going on, 2008 to, to 2016. So, we're talking about at least eight years that he's been doing this. I mean, because he... Uh, because he could well have been doing it before then, as you know, also, but that didn't get caught. Um, he apologized for denying it before. Um, now there, were, I don't know. This, there was a, a a listener of the Opie and Anthony show um, leaked the uh, a photo was leaked through the Twitter account of a listener of the Opie and Anthony show. Anyhow, the bottom line is that on June 16, 2011, he announced that he was going to resign, and he did resign on June 21st. That was sexting scandal number one. When we come back, we'll go, go through the others and, again, um, talk about their marriage and their relationship and so on and, and how he's finding himself in this mess, which, you know... <laughs> This doesn't look good for anybody. All right, so stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about Anthony Weiner, his wife, his separation, his genitals, his need to expose himself to the world, and his self-sabotage. So I left off before the break talking about his second scandal, which began on July 23, 2013, which was several months after he returned to politics in the New York City mayoral race. Uh, this is when he sent photos uh, under the alias Carlos Danger. And um, these particular photos that got exposed, that got brought to the attention of the media, were exchanges that he had with a 22-year-old woman um, who, um, this is after, more than a year after he left, he resigned from Congress. Um, her, the, she, her name was Sydney Leathers. <laughs> I don't know, I can't believe that's a, that's not her real name. But anyway, she turned out to be quite, <laughs> quite the sex pot as well, just like the current one. Um, I've, I remember listening to a, uh, ra- a radio interview, a long radio interview of her, at the time that this was all going on. And man, you know, she was so in this to get media attention and to get to become famous. Um, in fact, I remember that she had gone on, um, she used this, this notoriety to essentially become a porn star. And, um, she, you know, she was quite popular for a while. I do not know where her career is right now. I have not followed it. But um, but anyhow, so, you know, it's like these women are exploiting him as, as well. It's, you know, they're engaging with him in this sexting as well, sending sexy pictures of themselves, um, at least for the Sydney Leathers. In the Sydney Leathers case, she was looking for fame. You know, the current woman whose name we don't know yet, but I'm sure we will, <laughs> 
um, is probably doing it for political reasons, um, so that um, because she has admittedly, she is admittedly a pro-Trump um, voter fan. And um, obviously this has political implications because, as Trump has said, that um, it does bring into question, you know, what, I mean, not only were these Hillary's emails um, not well protected, obviously, but, um, you know, how much, I mean, Huma Abedin knows essentially whatever Hillary knows, and he, she's been involved in the, in the emails. Lots of emails have, have been from her. And, um, and, you know, so how much has she told her husband? And how, what, what kind of risk is there there? Um, since he doesn't seem to have good judgment in terms of what to reveal, shall we say. Um, then uh, the third scandal is this current one. came out August 28th. Um, and this is the one with his young son. I mean, you know, there were, there were lots of sexts. But, but um, the one that you know people are focusing on because it's really the oh, the most egregious one is the one where he's lying in bed sexting next to his son, who presumably was asleep, but still. And then Huma separated from him, and she said, quote, after long and painful consideration and work on my marriage, I have made the decision to separate from my husband, Anthony, and I remain devoted to doing what is best for our son, who is the light of our life. Uh, during this difficult time, I ask for respect for our pr- privacy. Well, okay. So now uh, they became... What's, their relationship is pretty interesting because I read about how um, he had asked her out, let's see, uh, in 2001, he asked her on a, to go on a date when they were at Martha's Vineyard at the Democratic National Committee retreat. And she went out with him. And I read somewhere that um, she was very ambivalent. And, you know, again, because it's not politically correct, I haven't heard or read anything about their religions, you know. Um, God forbid anyone should say anything about her being a Muslim um, and how this might be playing into this. But um, she apparently went to the bathroom during their first date and did not come back, didn't, you know, left. Um, and the next time that they started dating was in 2008, seven years later. So <laughs> she was very ambivalent. Uh, he might have been as well, actually. But anyhow, um, they became engaged in May 2009. They married in July 2010. Bill Clinton officiated at their wedding um, they, their son was born in December 2011, so, uh, you know, so during that first sexting scandal, she was pregnant. Um, their son is named Jordan Zane Wiener, and, um, and, you know, one, one has to wonder about, um, about what their relationship with, apparently, apparently it was, they've been having problems in their relationship before this, recent, um, this month's, this week's um, uh, revelation of these, this last sexting scandal. She apparently wasn't wearing her wedding ring for a while, and um, she, when she would talk about her husband, she would refer to him as Jordan's father, not by his name or not my husband. So they were having problems for quite a while. Um, 
she she was attracted to his passion, you know, his political passion, his intelligence, and all of that. You know, she she said that she really loved him. Um, I mean, I think she, I think she did. I think they were at one time in love with each other. Um, you know, it's but but there have been and she. What's interesting too is how even with these previous sexting scandals, the two previous ones, she did stand by her man, which is so interesting because since she's been sort of a a. a um, Oh well, it's been said that she was like another daughter of Hillary. Um, you know, so Hillary was her mentor, and of course we know Hillary stood by has has continued to stand by her man. So, you know, did uh, Huma do the same thing because that's what Hillary did, um, and also because she had a son and um, wanted the family to remain intact. But you know, again. Um, it, it isn't all about um, Anthony Weiner. It there she has to take some responsibility for this as well, for not for, for caring more about um, for really putting Hillary before her husband. And um, you know, certainly as you know from if you um, in in some a previous couple of shows, I. I uh, there are shows that I did recently, two shows actually, with um, the woman who was Bill's first love, and she had written a book and um, and um, talked about. I mean, you know, it's talked about Hillary's uh, quote unquote lifestyle, you know, Hillary being gay. I mean, that's no not news. And so, should we be questioning um, the relationship? you know, how Huma has put Hillary before her husband. Um, one of the bad types of bad girls that I write about in my book is the married woman on the prowl. Now, that actually usually means um, a woman who is um, has buyer's remorse in regard to her husband, and she's looking for another man. But, you know, really, has she, certainly in terms of importance, she has replaced her husband with Hillary, if nothing else. So what does this all mean? It means that we have to be, we have to understand um, why, you know, the the psychodynamics of all politicians, um, and it means that we have to understand how the inner workings of people, how all of us, all of us, it's not just politicians and it's not just men, um, we all are affected by the our childhoods. And um, and by things like guilt and things like feeling inadequate, and we are our behaviors of today as adults are influenced by things that happen to us as children, and we need to ask ourselves when we do something that is self sabotaging, why are we doing that? Is it that we feel guilty for um, something that happened with our sibling, and how we're getting? doing better than a sibling or doing better than a parent? Um, is it because we married someone who our parents and family didn't approve of? Um, you know, there are lots of reasons that we could be sabotaging ourselves. And if you find that you are doing this habitually, uh, I don't mean just sexting, of course. Any, there are countless ways that we sabotage ourselves in everyday life. And you need to ask yourself, where might that be coming from? Well, um, we've come to the end of the show. Time goes quickly when you're talking about sex. 
You're listening to Dr. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 